Praise the Lord. Yeah. I'm great, Pastor Herring. Great to see you and everybody. Good Wonderful. You. Thank you for taking time out to be with oh, us. Tonight. It's a privilege. And uh, I know it's late at your house, about 930 there right now. Yeah, that that's that's not late, right? That's not bad at all. Yeah, here in uh, the Dallas well, I area. Really, I didn't really mean it. I'm just trying to be, you know, <laughs> I'm just glad you're here with us, brother. I mean that. Oh. And we're looking forward to excited. If I could just yes, tell the congregation this. In our conversation, Brother Treadwell and I conversation a while back, uh, as is with every one of you, I just had things on my mind like is all this pandemic, COVID stuff, and and the talk of mandatory vaccination. I just threw a text at him one day said, does any of this have to do with anything particular concerning end time and where the church is and where we are as saints of the most high God? And he said something like, by all means, it does. I said, well, I'd like you to talk to our congregation about that. So thank you, sir. Thank you. I know you are Absolutely. a busy man. You're a busy man. He's greatly involved. This man's very informed about end time. Some of you have heard him speak. He, he's an amazing speaker. And I'm excited about it tonight. So take your liberty, sir. Bless you tonight. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Herring. And praise the name of the Lord, everybody. It's praise the Lord. Jo joy to be with you. This is the next best thing to actually being in Palmer, Alaska. And, uh, I'm going to dive right in, as Pastor said, because I know we're going to uh, take about 30 minutes uh, for this part. And then, of course, be thinking about your questions uh, in the Q&A following. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and dive right in, do a screen share here. And uh, appreciate uh, Sister Dakota helping us out back there and Jen, whoever else is back there. Thank you very much for making this possible. And thank God we have this technology during these crazy times. So I'm going to go ahead and launch my PowerPoint here and feel free. I know this is being recorded. So those of you who've heard me before, you know, I tend to be rapid fire and it's not that I'm trying to be over anyone's head at all. I've got a lot of, I tend to talk fast, you know, I'm from the West coast, but uh, I do have a lot of ground to cover. Uh, so uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. And of course, uh, what we don't get to tonight, we'll get to next time. I know I won't, won't get to everything, but, you know, Jesus did say in Matthew 24, one of the things he listed is pestilences in the last days when his disciples asked him the signs of the times. And of course, a pestilence is a virulent, contagious, infectious epidemic disease. Obviously, Jesus did not uh, specify whether or not these viruses or pandemics or whatever you want to call them, pestilences would be strictly organic, uh, or if there would be such a thing as man-made bioweapons in the last days. Some say that's just a wild conspiracy theory, but I think it's important as God's people that we stay focused on the promises of God. There's a balance to all of this. And you know, while prophecy is inherently negative. Most prophecy is negative. Obviously, the greatest prophecies are positive, how God said in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit yeah. upon all flesh. And that's simultaneous with all this, but also the fact that God's not given us a spirit of fear. Amen. Right first, first Timothy yeah. 1 7. Yeah. Hallelujah. And uh, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so uh, and I love your 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 involvement in amens because I know we're Pentecostal here. And uh, so let, let me I'm going to go back because, you know, I specialize in current events. But 
uh, I, I've got to cover the origin of this to really help us understand. Some of you know this information, and that's good. I'm glad a lot of you do your own uh, research. Uh, this is a, one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen, uh, but I think it goes right along with a global government plan, event 2021, event 2030. This and and some of those things get pretty complicated. Uh, event 201 unfolds. COVID-19 action platform equals global government. Well, we know world government was prophesied in Revelation 13, right? And uh, this was on, I try to cite my sources when I can, Zero Hedge, a conservative news website. This is going back more than a year, uh, but it's actually talking about an event that happened in October of 2019 in New York. John Hopkins, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which uh, they are they are parting ways. I think Melinda Gates got not that she's perfect, but I think she got really freaked out with the direction that Bill was going. But that's a whole nother uh, ball of wax. I don't wish that on anybody. But the World Economic Forum of a hive of self-professed globalists, and I'm just quoting the article here, actually ran a pandemic simulation called Event 201, specifically focused on coronavirus, not Ebola, swine flu, or even avian flu, but coronavirus, which is not exactly the same thing as COVID-19. COVID-19 has coronavirus in it. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, But in this, this was a simulation where they actually practiced uh, what would happen in the event of, you know, 65 million people died worldwide uh, no doubt this is a global depopulation scheme when you listen to Bill Gates and some of his speeches that he's given at TED Talks and universities. Uh, it's hard to believe. I used to kind of admire him for supposedly being the creator of Microsoft, but Mr. Bill Gates, actually, his father was the head of Planned Parenthood. And of course, we know Adolf Hitler congratula- congratulated Margaret Sanger for creating Planned Parenthood for uh, helping reduce the world's population, not about the mother's health at all. But um, actually, in some of Bill Gates' speeches, he has he's very intellectual the way he says things, but he's actually said things such as, you know, we have way too many people in the world and we need to find ways to reduce the world's population. He has a more intellectual way of saying it, um, but he's actually said maybe we should allow some of these global diseases to run their course to help call out some of the population. So, you know, you hear some of these things and think, wait a minute, was that, was that video shop? Did someone trim that up? Uh, but you go to the raw footage and you realize this man uh, really believes these things. And I'm not just trying to demonize him because he's just one puppet of many. And this is, this is almost too hard to believe. Uh, Anthony Fauci Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, while speaking at a forum, this was back in 2017, Uh, former President Trump was just taking office and Fauci, who's been in this position at the NIH for uh, many years, he was speaking at a forum on pandemic preparedness at Georgetown University. And he actually said that this new administration, obviously speaking of Trump, will be faced with a surprise disease outbreak during his time in office. And of course, this went viral and everybody's thinking, how did he know in advance that there would be an outbreak? And, you know, it's it's like truth is often stranger than fiction. Uh, You can look up a recent interview. uh, It was more than an interview. It was under oath, a Senate committee hearing 
uh, Dr. Rand Paul from Kentucky was recently questioning Fauci. This was like two or three weeks ago. And Rand Paul brought out a lot of facts about gain of function research, uh, which many believe should be outlawed. And Rand Paul uh, said, did you help fund gain of function research at the Wuhan lab of virology in China? And of course, Fauci denied it. But then he said, well, if we've ever done the gain of function research, it was in North Carolina. But it just so happens that uh, in Chapel Hill, Hill, North Carolina, uh, this type of bioweapon research was transferred to Wuhan uh, with a $3.7 million grant. Uh, at first, the Obama administration, it was during Obama's presidency, and he worked with Fauci. And at first, the Obama administration put the brakes on it, on gain-of-function research being transferred to Wuhan. But then they uh, totally changed and allowed Fauci to do this. And of course, it wasn't just Fauci. There's a whole staff and team of people that are involved. In fact, Harvard University professor and two Chinese nationals charged in three separate China-related cases. Now, because of time, I may not uh, read all these articles. Again, feel free to take pictures of my slides or just go back and watch this recorded um, you know, presentation. But uh, in a nutshell, I'm going to summarize some of these articles because I know I got a lot of ground to cover. But uh, this was actually on the Department of Justice website, January 28th of 2020. It may have been removed now that everything has changed. Uh, but this is this is true. This was all declassified. The Department of Justice, I believe they used the FBI. They had Dr. Charles Lieber arrested. And I got this directly off the Department of Justice website. Here's Dr. Charles Lieber. Looks like a smart guy. Probably is. Uh, but he was being paid $50,000 a month. Uh, pretty good chunk of change to transfer a sensitive bioweapon laboratory data and pathogens from United States labs, such as in North Carolina, and there's there's labs all over the United States that do this, uh, to Wuhan. And they had him arrested for this specifically. He lied about it to the FBI, but then later confessed that he would, you know, they tried to say at first, oh, we're just doing cancer research. Uh, but then there was his assistant, Zhaoshang Zhang, who also was arrested by the FBI, and they stopped him at Boston Airport in Massachusetts. This gentleman, they arrested him. They found 21 vials of deadly pathogen in his suitcase that he was taking back to the Wuhan lab of virology. He also said they're doing cancer research. And that's what they're supposed to be doing in these labs is finding cures to diseases. Uh, but some militaries are developing bioweapons and our military does, but we're not supposed to give them to our enemies, especially communist China, but there was a big compromise that took place, uh, actually several compromises going back several administrations. So this has all been coming out and even mainstream news can't deny it anymore. At first they were trying to say, oh, these are just, you know, wild conspiracy theorists, but it's, it's all been confirmed. Five global intelligence agencies investigating Wuhan bat scientists over virus lab leaks in several countries, including ours, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, United Kingdom, investigating, investigating this guy. And this is going back over a year, Mr. Ping Zhao, the chief bat scientist. So, you know, propaganda, there's always a little bit of truth in propaganda, but then they spin their web of lies around it. And it is true that COVID-19 has a spike bat protein from a longhorn bat 
uh, I believe either in South America or South Africa, one of those regions of the world. Uh, so, but it didn't come from a wet market uh, in Wuhan. It came from a lab. And in fact, there, there is uh, Ping Zhao there. Uh, of course, I doubt he's being investigated anymore. Now, I don't really know for sure, but I know he was. And what are they get? What are they going to do to him? He's under the protection of the communist uh, regime, right? Uh, but a man that, and you can jot some of these names down and go back. I don't want you to just take my word for it. Do your own research. Fra Dr. Francis Boyle is a law professor in Chicago, Illinois, and he is a bioweapons expert. He's well-renowned. Of course, YouTube has taken down a lot of his interviews, but you can still find them on conservative news websites. Um, and he actually authored an anti-terrorism bioweapons act in 1989 because bioweapons are nothing new. The Nazis developed them. Um, you know, like I said, many militaries have had them. And in 1989, uh, both houses of United States Congress and former President Bush Sr., W's father, signed uh, Dr. Francis Boyle's law of anti-bioweapons uh, into, into law. And I've listened to him recently. I mean, just like a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to Francis Boyle. In fact, he's pictured here. Uh, he's considerably older than that now, but he's still very sharp, very sharp mind. And uh, he said, there's no doubt he, he has studied COVID-19. And he said, it is not just a wild organic virus. It is, it is a man-made bioweapon so I've never said COVID-19 is not real. In fact, if it's a bioweapon, that makes it even more real right. in my mind. Uh, and they say, these experts say, it's got at least five viruses sliced into it. Uh, so it's, it's, it's certainly a crazy scenario. And again, you can look him up. And this, this is nothing new. I mean, uh, I didn't know this, though, until last year. Lab-made lab coronavirus triggers debate. And this was published in uh, The Scientist, a, I guess, a prominent uh, science news website back November of 2015. And just to summarize this article, basically it's saying the creation of a chimeric SARS-like virus has scientists discussing the risks of gain-of-function research. And it mentions this man uh, named Ralph Barrick, who's worked closely with Dr. Anthony Fauci an infectious disease researcher uh, at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And they went into all the uh, details of, of the, tr the tremendous, uh, you know, eyebrows this raises and the alarm bells that go off when, when they in engage in this kind of research. In fact, uh, in the interview that Rand Paul did, or that questioning under oath that Rand Paul did of Anthony Fauci a couple weeks ago, he, he uh, questioned Fauci about Ralph Barrick. He said, did you fund Ralph Barrick's research uh, to be transferred from North Carolina to Wuhan? Uh, and of course, in my mind, you know, I, I'm not a law enforcement expert, but I've listened to a lot of them and I come from a family of law enforcement and, and you learn along the way body language when someone's lying. And it, it, was, it was pretty clear to me. Uh, and in fact, I think Fauci contradicted himself uh, because he, he at first said, no, we don't, we don't fund gain-of-function research. That's when, in these labs, they actually uh, enable these, these man-made uh, genetic, genetically modified viruses to, uh, like, like some of these viruses that may not have previously 
naturally infected human beings, uh, they genetically modify them and enable them to infect human beings. In my mind, it's pure evil, but maybe, you know, maybe some of these people uh, really are mad scientists. I don't know. And I, I try to be careful in the language I pick here because uh, I think the information speaks for itself. But even, even Mike Pompeo reveals new intelligence concerning the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Of course, Pompeo was the former director of the CIA, and then he became the secretary of state under President Trump. And uh, just a few days before uh, Pompeo had to vacate his office as secretary of state, uh, he came right out. And of course, they knew this for months. President Trump knew this, uh, no doubt about it. And uh, Secretary of State Pompeo said the World Health Organization needs to do a thorough investigation of the Wuhan lab of virology. Uh, but of course, he knew, we knew that by this time, the communist regime is going to hide evidence, scrub evidence. But at least he came out and said it. And there's Pompeo and then Director General Tedros. And uh, we know that another thing that Pompeo had previously revealed was that Tedros had met with Xi Jinping, uh, the uh, Xi Jinping. And there's a couple ways to say his name, <laughs> but uh, Jinping and Tedros met back in 2019. And of course, China is one of the largest donors of the World Health Organization, uh, owned and operated by the United Nations. And uh, we know that Xi Jinping convinced Tedros to cover up the release of COVID-19 uh, from, from China. Now, some, some believe that it was accidental. Uh, others believe it was intentional. And only God knows the hearts of people. Um, I, I can't really say for sure. I think either scenario is possible. I think definitely one scenario that could be possible is the intentional release of it as a retaliation against the fact that the Trump administration had won the trade war against China. And that's that's a complicated scenario that I don't really have time to get into. Uh, but I know that China was not happy with, with the United States for making so many changes in how we do trade with them. Uh, and it's is it just a coincidence that not too long after that, within a month or two, this virus began to uh, come out of this lab. But anyway, only God knows that WHO experts finally reach Wuhan lab at the center of the COVID-19 origin probe. And by the way, this is why we were cutting off half a billion dollars of funding to the WHO. And we were actually going to pull out completely of the WHO because former President Trump was against the new world order, against world government. And he was giving them a chance to change. But it was obvious things were only getting worse. I would imagine now all of that has been reversed, uh, that we've got uh, you know, socialism pretty much in full swing. But having said that, um, at least a lot of these things have come to the surface. And there's an aerial shot of the Wuhan Institute in China's central Hubei province. Looks like a nice place, but that's not really the point, I suppose. Uh, and there, of course, is a street view of the Wuhan lab. And again, you can research these things on your own. And even the United States Army back in September of last year, this was in the Jerusalem Post, said that synthetic bioterror weapons is a new nightmare scenario. And uh, these are officials from the U.S. Army that said, even though, like I said, bioweapons have been around a long time, they're, they're going to the next level with new technologies to genetically modify these things. And they 
actually stated, and you can see it in the second paragraph of this article, that they're having to put bioweapons in the same threat landscape as nuclear warfare. And of course, that that speaks to trumpet number six and the high possibility that that China could carry out the killing of one third of of mankind or at least spark it. Uh, And so time will tell on these things. But uh, no doubt about it, when you have major spokespeople at the U.S. military saying, hey, uh, we even acknowledge that all of this is a bioterror threat, uh, then obviously it's more than just some sort of wild conspiracy theory, even though the CIA invented the term conspiracy theory to throw us off. We try to deal uh, in facts, not just theories, but silenced Chinese virologist says COVID-19 intentionally released, not just accidentally. And this was even on Tucker Carlson. Um, and this particular doctor, of course, she knew this, Dr. Li Ming Yan. And she appeared back in September on Tucker's show. And she she told him this, this virus is a Frankenstein, which was designed to target humans. And she says not accidentally, but intentionally. And actually, uh, she has worked out of Hong Kong, the University of Hong Kong. Uh, and she wrote a 26-page scientific paper with three other Chinese scientists. And she said they don't want people to know this. But she told Tucker on that particular show, and there she is pictured, she, so, she told Tucker that uh, she waited so long uh, to come out with this because she was fearing for her life. And I don't, I don't doubt that for, for a second because some of the uh, Chinese scientists, both in China and Hong Kong, basically disappeared. She talked about that, that some of her colleagues, she didn't even know where they were. And she believed that the communist regime had captured them. But uh, Fauci project manager, this was May 11th. Uh, this came out just a couple of weeks ago confesses to creating COVID-19. And this was, of course, with the full authorization of uh, Fauci himself. His name is Peter Dazak. He's a British zoologist and an expert on disease ecology, in particular zoonosis. He's currently president of EcoHealth Alliance. And it's a fact that EcoHealth uh, has worked very closely with the Wuhan lab of virology. And he's been directly involved in major projects there at the Wuhan lab, funded by Fauci and former President Obama himself, that I previously explained. Uh, but he he did an interview on video, and you can look up the video of him. It's kind of hard to understand him, even though I like the British accent. His is very thick, and you kind of have, I had to listen to it three times to understand everything he was saying. Very smart guy. Seems like a very reasonable person. Uh, maybe he thinks there's nothing wrong with all of this, but he he bragged on video about weaponizing five viruses in China, uh, combining them into COVID-19. And I've heard this from several experts that uh, there is about five viruses in COVID, um, you know, different types of coronavirus, because most cold and flu viruses are corona type viruses. But anyway, he explained how easy it is to manipulate uh, coronaviruses. And I, I'm just I'm just thinking this is this is beyond any sort of sci-fi novel or movie or whatever. And there he is. Looks like a, a very smart, sharp individual. And, and like I said, he's probably smarter, a lot smarter than me about these things. But uh, uh, it's just this, you know, prophecy is being fulfilled in living color. So y'all have heard me talk about the mark of the beast. And I, I want to relate it uh, to that because I, I definitely believe that uh, there is a correlation here, and you know it's Revelation 13, 18, where the Bible says, here is wisdom, 
Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 600, three score and six. And of course, that 1611 Old English, uh, but that 666 or 666 right there. And the Greek phrase is kizi stigma. And the last word for uh, 666, the word stigma, believe it or not, actually means to stick or to prick a mark incised or punched or injected for recognition of ownership. Oh, come on. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be cautious uh, with how I present this information uh, because I understand I don't just do, do this flippantly or half-heartedly um, or just to be, you know, a sensational. Um, there's enough of that. Uh, but I do believe there is definitely something here. You know, prophecy is like a giant jigsaw puzzle with millions and millions of pieces. So while I do not believe that a vaccine in and of itself will be the mark of the beast, okay. uh, I think it could definitely be one piece of the puzzle that can be used as a control mechanism, uh, like money will be a way that Satan will, what he will use to control people, which the mark of the beast will be based on people's ability or inability uh, to buy and sell. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, this threw me for a curveball. All this, everything about this threw me for a complete curveball. But uh, the deeper I go into this, the more it begins uh, to make sense. Now, let, let me make one other statement before I really get, get into the meat of this. Uh, I am not here to guilt trip anybody. And I am not here to judge anybody. Uh, I am not making a salvation issue or a heaven or hell issue or a sin issue out of vaccines. Uh, I, I, I believe it's a, it's a personal issue between you, God, and your family, those who love you, et cetera. Uh, but it's, it's, it's really a personal decision. I would just encourage people, do your research. What we're looking at now really are not vaccines. They're genetic modification tools. And, I, and I'm not trying to scare anybody, but uh, just really quickly, before I forget, a couple people I would encourage you to listen to, uh, a couple experts. One is Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, and her website is simply D-R-T-E-N-P-E-N-N-Y, uh, D-R-T-E-N-P-E-N-N-Y, drtenpenny.com. There's no period between doctor and tenpenny, uh, but you'll find her, and she's been an expert on vaccines for over 20 years. Uh, she runs a health clinic in Ohio. She's very reasonable. She's very non-judgmental, but she's incredibly intelligent. And if you go to her website, you can look up her interviews and she goes into great detail. And she emphatically states uh, all of these COVID-19 vaccines. And I, I'm using that word because that's the language people understand. But she says they're technically, they don't fit the definition of traditional vaccines because what they're actually doing it's it's a whole new generation of technology called mrna genetic modification tools is what she calls it uh, with with spike proteins that it, a lot of there might be a lot of good intentions there i have no doubt that a lot of the scientists working on that have been working on this have good intentions um but first of all we haven't seen enough testing and I'm not trying to make a joke out of this, but I saw a cartoon of two rats in a cage and one rat said to the other rat, uh, have you gotten your COVID-19 vaccine? And the other rat said, no, they're still testing it on humans. 
And, uh, and I, and, you know, sometimes you just got to stop and laugh a little bit. This gets so serious and people think you're crazy. Um, but, but it really, it, they say there's a little bit of truth in every joke and there, it really is true that, uh, they, 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 they stopped the animal testing because the animals were dying, the ferrets, for whatever reason, they use ferrets in addition to rats and mice, uh, all the ferrets were dying in the Pfizer, uh, you know, experiments and all this. And so this has really become one of the, the largest human experiments in my view. And, you know, as much as I love president Trump and I don't try to hide that, I believe personally, you don't have to share all my, my opinions, but I, I feel like he, he was misled going down this road and uh, made a big mistake going down warp speed. But you know, that, that is what it is. And if he runs in 2024, which sounds like he's going to, I hope he changes course on this, but previously he had said, we won't need a vaccine. Uh, and I don't know why he, he changed. I know there's billions of dollars involved in going down this road, but uh, l- let me, let me, let me back up a little bit and connect the dots. Uh, going back to Bill Gates, ID 2020 mandatory implants for all. This was written by Martin Armstrong. The proposal is a digital certificate that verifies if you've been quote unquote vaccinated and was developed by the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT and Microsoft. Now, Bill Gates is no longer on the board of Microsoft. I don't know if he if they kicked him out or or if he just decided to go a different direction. I really don't know. Uh, But they're looking at merging this with Bill Gates ID 2020. It is entirely possible that this scare has been a deliberate plot to get people to accept these digital implants, refuse, and you'll be prohibited from social gatherings. And that's looking like what the scenario uh, that is unfolding. Uh, And I know he also has several patents on uh, digital identification, specifically uh, uh, what they're calling digital uh, tattoos to prove that a person has received their vaccine that would be a type of surface microchip, not a full microchip, but a a surface digital uh, microchip in the skin uh, to prove that, hey, I got my, you know, I got my uh, COVID-19 passport. Our population's being primed for nano microchips inside vaccines. And some have said this is not true. (laughs) Uh, Of course, Snopes is not a reliable fact-checking source. They're very liberal. Um, I used to think they were good, but they're extremely liberal in their point of view. But it's almost surreal. It's like something out of a sci-fi flick. But nanomicrochips invisible to the naked eye are a reality that are now being hosted in a wide range of applications. The question is, how long will it take governments and big pharma to immerse nanomicrochips inside of vaccines to tag and surveil global populations. Now, I am not saying that all vaccines are going to have this or all COVID mRNA genetic modification shots. That's not what I'm saying, Uh, but they are made by Hitachi and they're extremely small, as you can see from this picture, like a grain of sand, basically, and they can be used for a wide variety of applications. Uh, I have heard some reports and, you know, some of this stuff sounds so crazy. It's almost hard to believe. Um, But some reports of people saying after they went and got their COVID shot, I don't know who did it first, but someone put some sort of magnetic device where they got the shot on their shoulder and said that uh, there, the magnet like stuck, like there was something metallic in the shot they got that may not be happening to everybody. I don't know. And I don't just believe everything that I see just because it's 
online because there's a lot of, uh, you know, crazy stuff out there. So I try to verify what I present. But uh, Microsoft owns patent on cryptocurrency system using body activity data. I'm not a cryptocurrency expert and I'm not against Bitcoin and different. There's dozens of cryptocurrencies out there. China is currently coming up with their own cryptocurrency system. But I do find this interesting that what it says here, the system seeks to harness human energy, including possible brain waves for cryptocurrency mining. The patent was filed uh, last June. No, no, no. Two years ago, excuse me, in 2019. But it was published uh, March of 2020. Anyway, it says instead of massive computation work required by some conventional cryptocurrency systems, data generated based on the body activity of the user can be a proof of work. So in other words, what this is saying is the ability to data mine and whatever that means for for uh, cryptocurrency, instead of being done in some massive supercomputer in some warehouse somewhere or an office building, they want to get all this uh, technology in the brain of users. And obviously that speaks volumes to uh, the mark of the beast simply because, again, the mark of the beast will be based on the global economy. So if that doesn't cause alarm bells to ring in our oxygen-enriched brains tonight, I don't know what will. Hey, bro. Yes, sir. you go back one screen? I want to explain that online on the screen before the picture. This one. Patent number. Yes. Okay. Oh, oh, yes. You know, Pastor, I'm so glad you uh, brought that to my attention. I almost skipped over that. Yes. The official patent number, and you can look this up, WO2020-06. 0606. And when I first saw that, I'm like, uh, I got to verify that. But I went to the official website where this came from, and that really is the patent number. <laughs> and I know just because 666 appears in something doesn't officially make it the mark of the beast, but I, I can't just say that's a coincidence either. I mean, it's right. like, did, did, have they never read the Bible? Have they never read Revelation 13, 18? Or maybe they think it's a good thing. We know it's an evil thing. So, uh, that is beyond can we just uh beyond crazy kind of yes sir that moment right now if you don't mind uh, absolutely uh, go for it you said yes today, uh, we talked today earlier on the phone yes uh so i'm kind of stepping backwards here of course in your mind but you, you said it's your belief that the saint of god born again jesus name baptized holy ghost filled John 3, Acts 2, Saint of God, will never accidentally take the mark of the beast. That's right. right. I stand by that. I Because it, the mark of the beast is so heavy, so intense, that for a Holy Ghost-filled child of God, uh, right, I, I, don't, I don't believe that we could just accidentally stumble into taking the mark. Right. I guess where I'm going with that question is, is Jesus said... Um, it could be that if he doesn't shorten the times, the very elect yeah. may be deceived. So, well, that's a good point. So, and I'm I think, just trying to get you to analyze between deception and accidental. Well, yeah, and it, no, it's an excellent point because I think that speaks to why we need to stay informed and stay up with what's going on. And I know this gets into a controversial issue, but you know, for many years we always thought, well, we won't have to worry about it because we won't be here. I think we will be here, um, and that's an opinion, but that I, I won't do that. do too deeply into that right now. But, um, you know, whether we're here or not, whether all this happens 
before the rapture, after the rapture, I think the scripture's clear that that we're I mean, we're already we're not in the mark of the beast system right now, but definitely all this stuff is leading up to it. And we we need, you know, what does the Bible say? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Uh, so while I don't think a person, a, a, a child, a true child of God could just accidentally take the mark of the beast. And the reason why I say that, because it's more than just technology, it's more than just uh, a microchip in the skin, though I'm clearly against that. Uh, and I think most of us would be, if all of us would be, once we know what, what it is and what it could lead to, uh, it's going to involve an allegiance and a deception. And we have to remember that what Satan really wants and the whole purpose of rolling out the three and a half year uh, great tribulation, which is when the mark of the beast will really be enacted during simultaneous with the great tribulation, uh, is to get one thing ultimately, and that that is allegiance of the human race and worship. Uh, now, worship can come in in many forms. You know, we think of worship in terms of bowing down right. and the way we worship God, uh, but could worship also be a total of obedience sure. uh, to his system and and global government yeah and that's you know that's the uh that's the trepidatious part and the thing that really needs to keep us in prayer of course is so refreshing to see everybody praying uh when i was first connecting just that's i mean that's the heart and soul of it and we know that yeah. um so you know we know that they tried to use this to to kill the churches and at first we, when we saw certain of those things happening, we thought, oh, that it's not, it's about health. It's not about, they're not targeting the church. But as time went on, we've now seen pastors, several pastors arrested, um, some of them Pentecostal, um, a pastor in Canada uh, arrested. And I mean, they, they totally fenced off his church, but uh, obviously there's a lot I didn't get to tonight and that's okay. Cause I think we're going to do another session, but we are, we are. Uh, let's go on with the next one. Or you, Pastor, go ahead. <laughs> a year ago, almost overnight, the churches were shut down. Exactly. I realize it's out of caution and and safety concerns and all that. But one good thing about the pandemic, if anything good has been has come out of it, is this type of interaction. Absolutely. We never, of, we never even thought of before. Well, yeah, there's always light in the darkness. Absolutely. And, and like I said, you know, Thank God for this technology it can be used for righteousness or for evil. And we're trying to use it for God's glory and to spread the gospel. So that's like you say, that's the good part. Um, but we're watching, you know, the attempt to put humanity into uh, chains and slavery. And a lot of it is spiritual, no doubt about it. Uh, I do like what President Trump did when he was still in office how he got so tired of what they were doing, uh, you know, to businesses and shutting businesses down and, and churches. He finally, especially, you know, my home state of California, we have a socialist governor who's on recall or possibly on recall. And it's been draconian and over 1200 pastors, including our own Art Hodges, uh, sued the governor and won a Supreme Court case. But there were several other district court cases about he finally just won another victory, him and some other pastors, uh, to let churches sing again. I, you, you would never think in America that okay. singing would be forbidden. Oh, because I guess the virus could, you know, uh, float out of your mouth or something. It's just 
Uh, and I think that's what paranoia does and what fear does uh, to people. Right. Uh, but but at that at, at a certain point, President Trump, I think I think it was a year ago. I believe it was the month of May toward the end of May. Uh, he he issued an executive order and 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 it was it was directly to houses of worship. He said houses of worship must be reopened. And it was it was uh, either a presidential proclamation or an executive order, but he did it, and because he saw where it was going, um, yeah. So, no uh, doubt about it. Our, Go ahead. So, we are going to have at least phase two of this, and maybe beyond that, with yeah. the Treadwell's uh, approval. Any yes, questions? sir. Questions or comments tonight? Remarks? I have one. Okay. Yes. Uh, the Antichrist. Yes. Am I correct? He's on this earth as it is right now. I believe that. I I believe he is. I think he's Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, I've always been of the view. I, I think he's definitely um, on the radar and he could be on the list of potential candidates. Um, you know, I have a I have my own list of possible candidates and it may be, even be somebody we haven't thought of yet. Although, I mean, you got. Um, you know, in the next session, I'll talk about Klaus Schwab, uh, Emmanuel Macron, and there's others. Elon Musk, uh, I actually admire some of his, and maybe that's part of it. You know, the guy will be charismatic, intelligent, admirable. Oh, there you go. Um, uh, you know, how can you not admire Tesla and SpaceX? But when when you, when he's got Neuralink, and one of the top goals of Neuralink is to get every human being microchip to connect to his new massive satellite internet uh that's definitely concerning of course he didn't think of the idea of getting everybody microchipped in the brain but he's definitely jumping piggybacking on that concept um and it's 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 going to a place of so much global control the problem is it's so subtle and so incremental uh i think we used to have this idea that the Antichrist and world government and the mark of the beast was going to be so uh, over the top that nobody would nobody would go for it. But what we're watching is they're using this health crisis to to prime everybody and dumb us down. Absolutely. Good question. When Daniel talked about he'll obtain the kingdom by flattery. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's got to be some sort of smooth, smooth uh, talker of his, of his offer, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, a very charismatic personality. Uh, just, you know, the Bible talks about in the last days, people will deceive and being deceived, deceiving and being deceived. And if you notice, there's a pattern. Deceivers were deceived first, and then they, they took on that nature and they became yeah. deceivers. Good point. Yeah. Good stuff. Oh yeah. Well, you know what we're seeing now. It, while I don't believe it's it's not Armageddon yet, but definitely another um prelude leading up leading up to armageddon and you know israel's a mixed bag i mean um i think i think it can be 
definitely a situation where Israel's got to defend their own. And while I've been very concerned about Netanyahu lately, I've admired him for years, Prime Minister Netanyahu. Um, and I didn't really get to this, but I'll, I'll just mention that he is one of the first countries to roll out a vaccine passport, and he's upsetting a lot of Israeli citizens right now. Um, but I admire his decisiveness in, in defending, you know, um, his own people and using Iron Dome, which we gave them Iron Dome. Uh, but when you have, like you say, these, I mean, it's the green horse, Revelation 6-8, these Islamic countries um, that will, I believe, eventually work in concert with Russia, which is Gog and Magog of, of Ezekiel 38. And, uh, you know, the Bible's clear that uh, during Armageddon, um, it's going to look like Israel is, is, is going to be destroyed. Um, even with our current situation, I think we're going to bounce back. I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic that we're going to, because I think Trump was the most pro-Israeli president we'd ever had. Well, now we've got a situation that, that has really set us back, but I mean, we survived eight years, uh, previous to that, of uh, the Obama administration that had really worked against Israel. So, you know, the, the word of God is the word of God. And we are the eagle of Daniel 7, 4. We are the eagle of Revelation 12, 14, where the scripture says Israel was carried on two wings of a great eagle. Um, so prophecy is going to be fulfilled and, and, and the United States is, is going to have Israel's back uh, during Armageddon. But uh, yeah, you know, these are prophecy is fulfilled incrementally, a little here, a little there. And so it's the chipping away. Uh, but there's a, there's a lot of hostility toward Israel. Um, and, and of course, Hamas is what, who started this. They, they are a jihadist terrorist organization. Ariel Sharon was another tremendous general and one of Israel's greatest prime ministers. Uh, but I think he made a massive mistake giving Gaza to Hamas called trading land for peace. And all Hamas has done is taken Gaza, part of the promised land, is supposed to belong to Israel, and they've turned it into a terrorist training ground and a place to, uh, you know, hoard and, and build up their weapons. And uh, I remember in 2006, they launched thousands of rockets into northern Israel. Well, guess what mainstream media does? They blame Israel. It's always Israel's fault. They're just defending themselves. And again, they're not perfect. I mean, they rejected Jesus Christ. And perhaps, right. perhaps the light and the darkness could be that this would would humble them in the sense that they would call on God, and you know, uh, prepare them for that day when we, once we're raptured and with Jesus, that we'll come back with Him after the marriage supper of the Lamb to the Mount of Olives, where He, you know, when we crown Him King of Kings and He presents Himself to uh, millions of Jews worldwide. So. Uh, I think that's the positive spin. But what we're watching now, of course, is uh, uh, very, uh, I, there's no words for it. I mean, can you imagine, you know, you look out your balcony and there's, there's uh, missiles. I mean, they, I mean, they look, but I have to admire Israel for, for their, you know, they, they targeted that. Uh, I mean, I don't like to see anybody killed, but uh, they took out their media tower right there in, in Gaza City. Um, <laughs> so I hope that at least speaks a little bit to your, your question. I would like it, uh, 
maybe make a mental note next and phase two of this to address Netanyahu and that vaccination. Sure. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be happy to. Absolutely. And I've, I mean, I've, I've got news stories on it. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's a violation of the Nuremberg codes. What it is. Questions, comments, anybody? Wonderful. Good stuff tonight. Hey, thank you for being here. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.